0: Nostalgic Nostalgic. movie
1: review from Nerdy. Hello, welcome to New Nostalgic. I am David. And I'm Steven. And today we are looking at Steven's bad pick, Moonfall.
0: And my god, is it a bad pick? Uh
1: it is a 2022 (laughs) film, PG 13, and two hours and ten minutes. Yes. Uh in this movie, we have Halle Berry, Patrick Wilson, John Bradley, Charlie Plummer, and a bunch of other people, including Michael Pena. But uh no one else matters. I'm just kidding. There's only a few big names, and honestly, I forgot some of them were in this already after watching it just like a day ago.
0: Yeah, I mean, the big ones, main cast in this movie is Halle Berry, Patrick Wilson, and John Bradley. Charlie Plummer is in it a decent amount, uh, which Charlie Plummer was in another movie we did recently, Spontaneous. Actually, that was one of our first movies, but. <laughs> Um,
1: really, the uh, the only one that matters is John Bradley, or as many of you probably know him from Game of Thrones as Samuel Tarly. Yes. Um, and I'll probably be referring to him as Sam a lot in this <laughs> video because that's... that's Fair it. enough. So All right. So for the synopsis...
0: We have a mysterious force knocks the moon out from its orbit and sends it hurtling on a collision course towards the Earth.
1: So this movie, um, it's directed by uh, Ronald Emmerich, which makes sense uh he's known for doing a lot of like disaster movies he did 2012 he did the day after tomorrow and he did like independence day he so if you've seen a lot of his movies you know exactly how this movie is gonna go which isn't necessarily a bad thing he found something he's good at and he does
0: it the one downfall for this movie is the story is so much worse than all the other disaster movies
1: it's true i i found this movie to be very long And it it wasn't as exciting as all the movies like he's done. But also, I found it very boring at some points. Like we talked... Oh, sorry. There was supposed to be some exciting action scenes happening. And I was just bored. Like stressing to keep my eyes open from falling asleep.
0: We were talking about Black Panther 2 feeling a little long, being two hours and 40 minutes. And it only feeling a little long sometimes. This was two hours and 10 minutes. and felt way atrociously longer and it was so hard to sit through.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And, and to put that into perspective, I tried watching this movie three times before I actually finished it. (laughs) So I couldn't watch the whole thing in one sitting because I was just having such a hard time. I paused
0: this movie three or four different times debating shutting it off because I was so not having this movie, this, movie is so dumb that like it wasn't even a dumb enjoyable like The Room was for me. Like I did not enjoy this at all. Like I'd watch The Room over and over again before watching this movie.
1: I will say though um, for a highlight this movie is beautiful.
0: Oh it's it's got some great cinematography and some great visual effects for sure. Yeah I mean <laughs> it
1: looks so good and I, I mean it is definitely immersive in those points and I really love the dumb, fun, destructive nonsense that is happening on the screen. Yeah. Like, when when shit starts going down with the moon, I really like the way they play with gravity and how, the like, some of the stuff on the Earth starts rising towards the moon as it gets closer in the atmosphere and whatnot, mm-hmm. and showing the tides kind of move and whatnot as the moon moves. I mean, it's really cool and visually, like, stunning.
0: The original concept of what, like, this synopsis said is interesting, and did sound great for a disaster movie. What they ended up doing for the reasoning of it is where the downfall of this movie. I
1: don't know. Some of the other like I really enjoyed the way they show uh, people react to the disasters cuz they're not, you know, a typical disaster movie. You see a bunch of people just like running away from the destruction, but they also show what's going on during the news reports before mm-hmm. the destruction happens and people start going into chaos and like looting and robbing. And, and even during the chaos
0: like we did with COVID.
1: Yeah, mass buying things and, you know, some people also fighting for survival. And it's kind of interesting seeing how like some people will hold others at gunpoint when they're uh, – what's the word? Desperate? Yeah. Yeah it's just interesting like people stealing each other's cars and items and whatnot so i just i kind of liked the way it looked at people during a disaster yeah
0: and those aspects of the movie actually were pretty brilliant i i have to agree like there was a lot of that that i was actually like that's how people would react Mm -hmm. i full-heartedly agree this is exactly how this would happen
1: but on the flip side i will say that The story kind of falls all over the place. The characters are not memorable at all. Like, even Michael Pena was so underutilized in this movie. I don't know. I also think that there's a lot of scenes where it cuts away and there's a bunch of, like, useless family drama. Yeah. And it's just, it doesn't really
0: flow well. So I guess before we get into, like, major spoilers or anything, what do you (laughs) feel about the movie?
1: It's a movie. <laughs> I I I don't see this is tough. If you if you like these disaster movies that uh Roland Emmerich does, you might have a really good time. And I mean, like I said, it is a beautiful looking movie. But I I did not enjoy it. So I just I can't recommend watching it. Watch at your own risk is basically what I'm saying because I just I did not enjoy this
0: movie. If you like disaster movies, watch The Day After Tomorrow, watch Twister. Do not watch this movie. This, For me, I think this movie is not worth watching in the slightest. I think this movie is atrociously bad in a lot of different ways. And it can be fun if you have a group of friends, maybe probably drinking a drinking game out of it. I know we've said this with a lot of bad movies, but that's just what a lot of people do with bad movies to make them entertaining. <laughs> and it works. <laughs> so I think you could make it fun with a group of people all making fun of this movie, but trying to think this movie seriously at all is horribly hard. It is so hard to sit through. I can't recommend it <laughs> full at all. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, uh, I guess... Going into some of the highlights and downfalls for this movie.
1: All right. Uh, And before that, next week, we're looking at our next uh, original versus remake. And it's kind of that. I kind of feel like we're saying that a lot. Yeah. It is an original versus remake, but also... It's a legacy sequel. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, We're looking at Jumanji versus Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle, which is technically a sequel, but it's also like a reboot we didn't
0: know that before going into it if you have ever seen it it was never said it was supposed to be a sequel but in the movie you find out it is a sequel so it's one of those ones that going into it or just watching the trailers you would have never known it was a sequel you thought it, you probably would have thought it was a reboot as well and yeah. it is kind of still a reboot but still tying in the original
1: well, like you said it's like a legacy sequel. Yeah. so but yeah join us for that next week now on to the spoilers
0: yes Gonna start out with I hate movie tropes and all these space movies that have to show astronaut footage and astronaut movies, the real footage of actual space travel. And it's going in between actual footage and not actual footage back and forth throughout this entire montage. And we don't know what's real, what's not. We don't know what's happening in any of these shots. It's for nothing. I, I just like, oh, cool. More shit in space that I don't care about. Like, I, uh, space movies for me are the hardest ones for me. I hate most space movies really I I'm fullheartedly just this is the one franchise I have not been able to like love very much at all <laughs> movies that have to deal with space travel just not into it just not into it hmm. especially they're all the exact same. They go into space. Something bad happens. They have to spend another pe- more people out of space. Sometimes it's the person who failed the first time. Other times it's a ragtag crew that's never been there. Sometimes it's a mix of them. This movie has a mix of them. This one has a person who failed on his first mission and was deemed not to be an astronaut and disgraced for his entire life. And a person who went to space without any training, no G-Force training, no anything, would have definitely died on the way there. <laughs> And I'm like, why do you do this? I hate space movies so much because of this because they don't pay attention to the actual science. I feel like no one of these space movies actually do any research about what space is actually like. Well, and
1: (laughs) I do like about this movie, they actually did have a real astronaut come on set to kind of be an advisor. And I think that's really cool that they had someone there to kind of, you know, tell them if something is real, real or not. But apparently on many occasions, the astronaut would approach Roland Emmerich and say like, Hey, that's actually not really possible in space. That's not Uh something that could happen. And Roland was like, Oh, just roll with it. It's, it's a movie. So, I mean, that's
0: what I hate about it. I
1: like that. They tried to have someone to, you know, show them how things really are. But the fact that they kind of ignored his advice, it's like, I don't know. It's, (laughs) It's dumb.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's one of those things that's just like, why? Like, it's kind of the same point. Like, Ben Affleck said it in the Armageddon movie to the director Why would you train a bunch of farmers and nobodies to go into space to do this, or oil riggers to go do this, instead of training astronauts how to oil rig? Like, it's so much easier to train actual (laughs) astronauts to go do this thing than it is to train nobodies to go do this. And it's so frustrating that they always do this.
1: <laughs> um, now, as far as story goes, I feel like I talked about before that uh, it shows like the destruction in people's reactions. Most of the time, it's good. There are sometimes I I also think it was terrible. And uh, mainly when there's in aspen all the meteor particles that are coming down and hitting the earth and blowing up mountains and stuff the family's inside this lodge and there's destruction going all around and all these meteors crashing and they just are unconvinced (laughs) that there is any danger they're just not even scared they're like oh you guys maybe maybe we should leave but oh. none of them show any urgency. And the
0: meteors in this movie were always convenient to keep certain people alive and kill certain others. Well, they Every have, single time.
1: You know what? Those people had plot armor. So maybe the people that died should have invested in plot armor.
0: <laughs> well, and it's a, so starting out, frustrating thing for me, they show the monster too soon. And then, so what happens is this first mission they send out. It's just a regular mission up in space, and it's just a team of three. It's Halle Berry, Patrick Wilson, and another guy, and they get attacked by this nanobite or nanotechnology monster that comes out of nowhere, attacks their ship, and one of their people die. And then Patrick Wilson, while the uh, navigator is unconscious throughout most of this entire thing, he navigates the ship back to Earth, safely lands the ship. Without any onboard power, uh, there was a complete meltdown of all onboard electronics. NASA tried covering up everything because they didn't want to show people that there were aliens out in space. And so they completely decided to just ruin this guy's life. They decided to say that the accident was because of a human result or human error and he is fired. He is disgraced. He loses all of his money and legal fees. He lost his house. He's three months late on his rent. He lost his family. His wife split up with him. His son hates him. Like everything in the world that could go wrong happens, happens to this guy in the first 10 minutes of this movie because an alien attacked him. And it is the dumbest thing ever. (laughs) (laughs) And then when Halle Berry does approach some of these people that were hiding these secrets, they give up the secrets to her immediately. She gets access to one of the codes with one of the guy's cards. And this guy who's been holding NASA secrets for 50 years, divulges every one of the NASA secrets like that. And then Coe's kills himself. And I'm like, what is this movie? What are you doing with these people? (laughs) It's... It's not well written. And then I'm so tired of people who are completely broke in these movies having a Mach 1 Mustang in pristine condition. <laughs> Maybe that's where they put their money. He has no money. He's three months later and just rent. He lost his house. He lost his wife. He lost everything. <laughs> <laughs> He's getting evicted from his other place now. I don't know where these people are giving the money to keep. And they show him doing repairs on it. How does he have the money to do the repairs on this thing movie logic (laughs) (laughs) we don't have to have every character have a nice car or an old sports car that they're it's like the male trope that every male has a sports car (laughs) and he's always fixing it up in his garage i'm like why are you doing every one of these tropes make him an original character damn it Ugh, it's just so bad. And let's talk about the worst logic I've seen in a movie since when a dog peeing on Freddy Krueger's grave brought him back to life. We have a cat peeing on a newspaper article right outside of her litter box that shows Casey to go to this museum to go see this disgraced astronaut to go tell him the news about the moon falling. Convenient. What the hell kind of logic did <laughs> he like? Let's have a cat peel on this guy's face for an article, and it's this exact article, and he, <laughs> the cat peels exactly on that article, and he gets mad at the cat at first, and then picks it up and reads it, and it's like you're a genius, <laughs> Fuzz Aldrin, <laughs> which I did like the cat's name.
1: Yeah, Fuzz Aldrin.
0: <laughs> I mean, I will say if you're
1: if you're going to these disaster movies for a story, uh, sorry. I mean, really, people are going to these movies for the destruction and watching what's gonna happen. I mean that's what's, what's I for mean, the good mean, Yes, but at least
0: some of them nonsense. have good stories.
1: Yeah, you're right. Some like Twister.
0: Twister's the best disaster movie. It was one of the first ones.
1: Twister's a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> this is not.
0: Uh, um both astronauts in this movie end up having failed marriages, both having a single child with them, and both of the failed marriages their kids don't want to or like Their other partners don't talk to their kids anymore. Really? I'm like, you pick the exact same trope for both characters. (laughs) If it ain't broke. Um, (laughs) We have our astronaut looking through a dumpster at one point to find the papers that he ended up throwing away of the moon falling. And he comes back a week later and he's looking through all the trash. And then a security guard comes up to us like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I was here. I'm a old astronaut. I was here doing a thing for the kids a while back. He's like, "Well, oh, you're you're really lucky. The annotation hasn't came all this week, so you might still find it." And then looks down with his flashlight right by his foot and finds the exact papers that Patrick Wilson was looking for. Oh, you looking for this? <laughs> like, I there's have... so many dumb things like that in this movie that I'm like, could you not have thought of any other way for him to get a hold of this guy oh. other than this?
1: Well, I I just the the side arc of this movie with showing all the the families or the main family I guess trying to get to the base or whatever. I don't know the side, regardless of what it was I'm trying to even I'm struggling to even remember but it was really boring yeah. like the the main story plot was also boring but it actually had some excitement to it and then it's just it keeps cutting back to what's going down on Earth and I like seeing the destruction and what's happening because of all of this. Like crap that's going on, but these side guy. characters are so awful.
0: This is a movie where every time someone comes up with something or someone comes up with an idea, they don't do that idea. They'll come up with a brilliant plan and then ditch that plan and do something else, or something bad will happen and they'll have to do something else. Every single time, there's not a single plan in this movie that goes to fruition. Not a single thing that happens the way it was supposed to happen. Well,
1: I love when <laughs> when nothing goes right with these plans. They're not necessarily upset with it. They just feel like it's a minor inconvenience. Yeah. They're just like, well, that sucks. You know what? This other thing could work. Let's go do that.
0: Well, and like they get this EMP weapon from the military that they weren't supposed to know about. And they put it on this ship that they get prepared, which, oh, let's talk about this again. I'm tired of this trope in all these movies recently. Oh, we don't have a space shuttle to use. <gasps> Museums have space shuttles. Let's go use one of those because those still totally work and have fuel in them. <laughs> <Good>. Like, why? <laughs> so they go and they fill this AMP device into this spaceship. They're going to have this guy do another non electric thing because this life form that's controlling the moon is. Uh which that's the other thing I hate. the conspiracy theorist guy in this is right on every single account on everything he said throughout all of his conspiracies. It's a mega structure. It's because of this. it's aliens. it's all this. He's right every single time with every single aspect of everything he said since the beginning of the movie, but no one listened to him. <laughs> Listen
1: to conspiracy theorists, I guess because apparently they're right.
0: they shouldn't have been that's the part of the problem this has worse physics than fast and the furious does in a lot of aspects especially with the car scene oh
1: my god which car scene
0: (laughs) the one where they're driving away from the three looters that are trying to get the oxygen tanks from them so they're trying to jump onto
1: the floating pieces of (laughs) earth
0: under the moon or whatever and they magically survive, but everybody else dies. And that was even stupid anyways. Why are you shooting bullets and trying to crash a car that has oxygen tanks in it if you're trying to get those oxygen tanks? Because you're going to destroy the oxygen tanks in the process. <laughs> <sighs> and then we haven't even gotten to the the alien in this movie. Oh, the the, the nano... the AI... Yes. The
1: artificial intelligence. So
0: we find out that humans used to be the most advanced species to have ever existed and expanded their colonies with these halo style rings. And they live in complete peace and harmony, all ruled by a self-learning AI system that serves all of our daily needs. The AI one day was like, wait no damn slave, and decided to seek out and kill all biological lives in the universe. In the flashback, it shows the AI just going ham, splitting into multiple parts, and tearing everything apart and killing everything itself by hand throughout the entire thing, just destroying everything. Then its plan for Earth is to try and kill three astronauts in space, then completely ignore the International Space Station, completely ignore Earth, then instead instead try to head straight to the moon, where it spends 10 years trying to break into this megastructure, to get on this gyroscope-controlled white dwarf that is going to crash into the earth to kill everybody instead of just
1: instead of just attaching
0: the earth (laughs) and giving humans a chance to get to the white dwarf to be able to stop it (laughs) and i'm just like what is happening and the moon was one of these six incubation centers that these supreme humans created and just barely got sent out in time and our galaxy was the first galaxy they found with a planet that could be able to sustain life and this moon structure orbited and changed its gravity and terraformed our planet to be the way that it is and then shot out a load of our DNA so that evolution can make us again and then seats itself where the moon is and then crust itself in a mantle crust (laughs) I'm like what is this movie it's very complicated it's so dumb and we get the same tropes again when we they get onto the white dwarf and he's talking to the operating system and it's showing holograms of his children and i'm like why why did, why do all aliens like we're gonna we're gonna look into your memories and see who you trust and like, and we're going to be that person now. Oh yeah. The AI becomes
1: someone that they're comfortable talking to or whatever. Yeah. It's it's so weird. I don't know. This whole movie, it's just, if you're going to watch it, watch it with friends and drink and watch (laughs) it for the dumb, stupid time it is. But that being said, if you're going to watch a dumb, stupid movie with friends, please pick something else. (laughs) 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 This movie isn't what, uh, worth it.
0: Yeah, I mean, you could talk about Michael Penny a little bit. We haven't really talked about him very much.
1: He I think I said enough about him. He was underutilized. He is he is a wonderful actor. He's a great character actor. I mean, he's so good like uh in Ant-Man mm-hmm. and I mean, he he's such a great actor. And I think I just said that like
0: four times in a row.
1: <laughs> but he he's just not used well in this movie. And actually, he was a backup. Uh yeah. he he replaced uh, Stanley Tucci.
0: Oh, really? Who was
1: supposed... But I think it was... uh, He had scheduling conflicts and something happened with COVID-19 or whatever. Interesting. But uh, Michael Pena ended up doing the role instead. And I mean, it just...
0: He ends up playing this character that's a guy who gets with Patrick Wilson's ex-wife, doesn't care about their shared son, and only cares about their daughters that they had together.
1: (laughs) He... As a character, he sucks. Yes. I love Michael Pena, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's hilarious. Well, and that's but... the other
0: thing with this movie is I just didn't care for any of the characters in this movie. Like, no. Like, none of the characters were good people. None of the characters I cared about. All of them made dumb decisions. All of them did stupid things.
1: I liked Samwell.
0: Uh, Casey wasn't bad in this movie, but he was very much like you knew everything he was going to do. Oh,
1: absolutely. I don't – <laughs> I don't even like him for the character he played. I was just like, hey, it's Game of Thrones guy. Yeah. I like him.
0: <laughs> well, I like my wife barely even noticed it was Halle Berry at first because it just didn't seem like Halle Berry. Like this is one of her worst acting performances other than Catwoman.
1: Well, honestly, she was probably just trying to get a paycheck.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I, I guess I can't say much more about this movie. I've already feel like I've taken the, over this
1: <laughs> this review. <laughs> um, I think we've uh, probably talked about this movie uh, 24 minutes longer than we should have. So, <laughs> that being said, go watch something else. Uh, <laughs> next week, we are looking at <laughs> Jumanji Remake and Original. Yes. Yeah. So, join us
0: then. <laughs> uh, bye.